1: On today's episode, we'll discuss how the Chiefs should attack the wide receiver position this offseason, an untold story about a star player they tried to add last year, and yet another way to consume Patrick Mahomes' content. With Nick Schwer, I'm Kayla Kinnearum, and it's always game day in Kansas City. For for all all things KC, KC. for everything Chiefs, it's always always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and
0: Cody Tapp. I have officially placed my sweet potato fries in the oven so you're at some point in the next like 30 minutes or so you're gonna hear a loud beep in the background of my apartment and when that happens that's our time that's our time for today and I think that's actually a really I think that's a really natural way to time out today's episode
1: that's a good timer keep us on track with sweet potato fries I like it feels Andy Reid-esque
0: I don't even really like sweet potato fries that much I think they're kind of overrated
1: why are you making them
0: Because I have a sweet potato. (laughs) I have a little basket with like fruits and vegetables and there's a sweet potato in there. So I needed to put it to use.
1: Wait, you're making fries from an actual sweet potato. These aren't like store-bought pre-made. Oh no,
0: I took a sweet potato. It's very easy. I mean, I took it and I cut it up into pieces and then I put some olive oil and some seasonings on it and I put it on a baking sheet. It took like three seconds to prepare.
1: I've never even done that. I'm impressed.
0: I'll let you know how they turn out. But like I said, I think they're overrated. So I don't feel like I'm going to be blown away by them.
1: Well, you'll have to give us a, a review once you eat them on the next podcast.
0: I will. I will. Maybe I'll be eating them actually on the next podcast.
1: Leftovers. Mm-hmm. They're better the next day. Actually, they're not. Not for, fr- not not for fries. fries.
0: That's no. like the worst.
1: Unless you have an air fryer. That's the only way you can reheat fries.
0: I am. am. I am officially in the air fryer game now. Are you? Yeah, yeah, so that's a big come up for me.
1: Nick, we're starting something very exciting here on the It's Always Game Day in Kansas City podcast. We're doing a mailbag for the first time ever. So, folks, get your pen and paper out. GamedayKC at gmail.com. Submit your questions there. We would love to chat with you. It's the off season. We've got some time on our hands, so send us your questions. Thoughts, comments, concerns, we'll discuss.
0: It took that's us. how a- this works, right? Yeah, I mean, it took us a full... NFL season to get comfortable before we decided we wanted to take listener submitted questions, but it's time. I feel good about it. And I want, I want the listener to be involved in the show. I don't want you to feel like you're on the outside listening to us. talk. We do enough talking. Yes. Right. It's time for you guys to give your thoughts, to give your questions to the show. So we can find out what you think about this chiefs team.
1: We would love your feedback. Also mailbag, I feel like is overused. What should we call it? We need a name for it. Like chief's chat.
0: Oh, chief's chat. Did you just think of that off the top of your head? Or did you have that one planned out?
1: I just thought of it.
0: That's good. I like it for now. That's the leader in the clubhouse. If we come up with something (laughs) better, you know what? Maybe that can be part of your question. Maybe you have a suggestion for the name of the mailbag, but right now I think chief's chat is great. Let's go with it.
1: Submit your questions again. That is gamedaykc at gmail.com. Okay, with only a few guys under contract for next year, the Chiefs will likely be looking to add to their wide receiver room this offseason. What do you think is the best place for them to target receivers? Is it free agency, the draft, or trades? We took a mix last year, so what's the best route?
0: Well, let's just kind of go through this one by one. Uh, Free agency, much like it was a season ago, is really weak at the wide receiver position. Juju's probably the number one free agent wide receiver, at least in terms of production. He certainly was. There is no number one wide receiver out there, right? There's no superstar free agent receiver for you to go sign to a massive deal. Juju, and then, I mean, you're seriously, Kayla, you're probably getting into guys like Jacoby Meyer, who is the slot receiver for the Patriots, uh, Alan Lazard from Green Bay. I'm serious, if healthy, Nicole Hardman might be a top five free agent wide receiver, Ooh. but he just had that very mysterious mm-hmm. pelvic, hip, abdomen surgery. So I don't really know exactly what his situation is going to be, but you really only got three guys in tow for next year for Kansas City Kadarius tony Sky Moore, and who am I missing? MVS. Yes. And I'm, listen, you know, I'm high on Kadarius Tony, but the guy can't stay healthy and he's never, he's only two years into the league. So it's tough to call him injury prone at this point, but it's also really difficult to look at him and put all your eggs into his basket and say, yeah, okay. We trust this guy to give us 17 games. That's the issue. And they kind of, it's kind of the same thing with Juju as well. So I think the chiefs will, will pursue free agent wide receivers, but there's a difference between going out and signing a guy like you did with Justin Watson last year and say, okay, you're going to give us depth at this spot versus going out and getting a guy that you feel like can be one of your, you know, leading contributors. So you're going to tap into the free agent market. We know that, but even if you sign, even if you signed Jacoby Meyer and Alan Lazard, I don't know how confident you are going into next season. In terms of trades, I feel like we are now entering this player empowerment era where guys are going to demand top-end deals when they hit free agency, and if they don't get them, right? Like, this is what happened with Tyreek Hill. He had one year left in his deal, wanted a new contract, the Chiefs weren't willing to go that far, asks for a trade, boom. So if that's going to be the situation that we're going to continue to see in the NFL for the next five years, then I feel like there's always going to be surprise players that hit the market a year before they actually become free agents. Guys who have expiring contracts, want new contracts, and the teams that they're currently on aren't going to give them that deal. Mike Evans is like oh, it's a really interesting name. Mike mm-hmm. Evans has a year left on his deal. And I get it. He's on the wrong side of 30 But this dude has been incredibly consistent, Kayla. Eight years in the NFL, a 1,000 yards every single season. And he wasn't playing. He didn't have Tom Brady throwing to him all of those years, right? He has been wildly consistent. Now, what's that contract going to look like? If he says, okay, I'm on the Bucs. The Bucs don't want to pay me a deal because Tom Brady's not there. Maybe they're hitting the reset button a little bit. It's tough to hit a rebuild. And also pay a wide receiver $25 plus million dollars a year. These guys usually don't take discounts. It's the last, probably the last big contract of his career. So Mm -hmm. these fans are going to look at him and say, okay, well, we just said we weren't going to pay Tyreek Hill $29, $30 million a year. A year later, are we going to turn around and pay Mike Evans? It's tough to imagine, but that's just one example. There will be other guys. I am of the belief that we're going to now hit every offseason and there's going to be two or three. Names that we're not thinking of or we're not talking about that all of a sudden in a moment's notice are available for the right price. Do you remember how quickly Tyreek Hill got traded last off season?
1: I woke up to text messages from people. I, it was like my, it ruined my day. I was like, people are like, what are the chiefs doing? Asking me as I'm like, I'm supposed to know. So it um, was,
0: I think it was like 10 o'clock KC time. Yeah. And it was reported that the chiefs were maybe looking into trades. And 90 minutes later, he was dealt to Miami. 90-minute window from when we first heard that the Chiefs might be looking to shop him to when they actually finalized a deal. So we might wake up tomorrow (laughs) and some superstar wide receiver, let's use T. Higgins as an example, because he's the name that a lot of people are think and make it down even though there's I don't really think there's any real rumor to it but this is a fun hypothetical right we wake up tomorrow at nine o'clock and the Bengals are re- reportedly willing to listen to offers I love that phrase they're willing to listen to offers on T Higgins <laughs> and an hour and a half later he could be on the Minnesota Vikings or whatever right like that's how quickly things are going to move as long and as I it's said-
1: an FC <laughs>
0: yeah no kidding <laughs> it's gonna happen like it will happen with one or two players at that position because the contracts are getting so big now we saw Devonte adams get his big deal Tyreek kill got his big deal i mean even even lesser players like christian kirk got 20 million dollars a year so once that that market kind of moves up a little bit there are going to be teams who are saying "Yeah, you're, you're pricing yourself out of here so we'd rather just trade you and get something for you than keep you around for another year and then let you leave for nothing in free agency next year.
1: Now you're making me want to go back and find my full on panic. Tyreek trade tweet. It was, it was pretty good.
0: Were you Um, like sky is falling? Yeah. Full meltdown.
1: And then after I took some time to process I had a follow-up tweet. I was like, you know what? It's okay. And Brett Veach, we trust. I think that's literally verbatim what my follow-up tweet was. And And you are our Super Bowl champs.
0: Well, I love it because, you know, I think in general, we talked about this a lot, is that Brett Veach's philosophy, which is any great GM's philosophy, is like we we know we have a a core group of guys we want to keep intact, but for every player basically not named Patrick Mahomes, There's a line in the sand that we're not going to be willing to cross, right? There's like a window of this is on the low end of what we think you deserve. This is on the high end of what we think you deserve. Every team needs to have a line that they're not willing to cross. The point in which the money that you want us to pay you doesn't make sense for us in terms of the value that we think we're getting back from you. And I think that was it with Tyreek. He was 28 years old. He wanted a three-year deal. It was going to be, I mean, Tyreek made $6 million last year, his first year in Miami. He's going to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. He's going to make $31 million. So now the pressure's on. You can't afford for him to be anything less than elite this year. If he's just good, if he's just really good, if he's a top 10 guy instead of a top five guy, you're no longer getting a good return on investment. So it was weird. At the time, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, no, you can't take this guy off the team. But now a year later, all of a sudden, you can see clearly. And it's like, okay, I get it. But this Definitely. brings up. So, okay, so there's the third option, which is the draft. Yes. And we saw what the Chiefs did with Sky Moore last year. And I'm not saying Sky Moore is a bust or was a bust, but I think we all expected him to have a bigger impact than he did. And it's fine because he caught his first touchdown of his career in the- <laughs> But now going into year 2, we all expect him to take a leap, right? We all yes. expect him to be a little bit better than he was. But let's imagine you don't have the security blanket of Juju. Let's imagine you go into next year with maybe a little a few more question marks about your wide receiver room. If you draft somebody, you can't afford to have them have a sky more season, right? Like they would need to be a more impactful rookie than Sky was in 2022. I mean, we talked about this in the last episode. I do think they're going to target a receiver in the draft. The real question becomes, are you going to make it your top priority? Are you going to go out and draft one in the first round? Could you even trade up to try and get one of those elite receivers in the first round? Or are you going to do historically what the Chiefs have done, which is sort of sit back and let the board kind of fall to them and just take the best available Maybe that's late in the first. Maybe they trade back into the second. Maybe they wait until the end of the second round. Because there's a big difference there between going out and getting your guy versus just sort of sitting on your hands and and waiting and watching what the rest of the league does.
1: Yeah, it totally depends on who they're looking at, who they're in love with, who they could pass on. I I was going to ask you, do you think any of these three free agents that we mentioned, Juju, Watson, Hardman, who do you see back with the team next year out of those three, if any?
0: I think they're definitely going to try to bring Juju back.
1: Okay. Whew. That, we need one of them at least for me to feel good, I feel like.
0: kind of All the murmurs all year have been that they, they like Juju, that Mahomes trusts Juju. The interesting thing about him that I saw, I think it was Nick Jacobs of KSHB who wrote about this, and I hadn't really thought about it. Even though we know that they kind of used him like a tight end, where he did a lot of across-the-middle stuff, he wrote about the fact that bringing back Juju could potentially lighten the workload on Travis Kelsey in that when you have another guy who's doing the same sorts of things that also has the trust of Patrick Mahomes, it it lightens the workload on Kelsey in terms of just like the hits that he has to take. That's where all the big hits in the NFL happen, coming across the middle. Kelsey's Mm going to be 34 next season. And so if you have a guy that you trust that can stay healthy, and that's the big if, can Juju stay healthy? Can he give you a full season? If you can bring him back on a somewhat friendly deal, which to me would be $15 million a year, $17 million a year instead of $20, $21 million a year, and you're preserving your number one weapon, your future Hall of Fame tight end. I think it's kind of a win-win. So I think they'll try and bring him back. You probably let Justin Watson test the market. And with McColl, I just, I don't know what his injury status is going to dictate. Maybe he has to come back and sign a one-year prove-it deal because he's not healthy enough to really garner much attention this offseason. But I definitely think they're going to make a play on Juju. But this is, I mean, Juju's play, had six years under his belt. He's only made $21 million. This is going to be the first real payday of his career. So if he goes out and tries to get, you know, the biggest contract he possibly can, I couldn't really fault him for it. And if anything, I would probably expect him to do it.
1: I think he loves Kansas city and I hope he stays for less money.
0: <laughs> That's, the big question. That's the big question. We always talk about hometown discounts and it very rarely happens, but you're talking about playing with the best offensive mind. You're talking about playing with the best quarterback and you don't have a sour taste in your mouth. Like you were, you came to Kansas city for one year. You were immediately the number one receiver. Patrick Mahomes loves you and you won a super bowl. it could not have been a better (laughs) test run for juju in kansas city
1: why would you want to leave now i know seriously i would love to see watson back too he just feels like a good safety net you want to chuck a ball downfield he'll catch it great well i
0: mean you gotta you gotta fill this room out you only got three guys right now so you're probably going to add three more Mm -hmm. and if you can bring these guys back who already have familiarity with the system i don't think it's the worst idea ever
1: Okay, well, speaking of receivers, Nick, A.J. Brown recently revealed in an interview that according to his agent, the Chiefs tried to trade for him last offseason before the Titans ended up trading him to the Eagles. Does this surprise us that the Chiefs were interested in Brown after deciding not to pay Tyreek Hill?
0: A little bit, a little bit. I mean, think about what we were saying at the time. We were saying that, okay, you're not going to overpay for receivers anymore. But I think it's also important to look at the circumstances I think part of the reason why the Chiefs let Tyreek walk, it's not just the fact that 28 years old, he wanted to be the highest-paid receiver in the NFL, but it's that you also were working on a long-term contract extension for Orlando Brown. I think they legitimately thought at the time when they traded Tyreek Hill that there was a chance that Orlando Brown Jr. was going to sign an extension last offseason that would have made him a top-three paid left tackle in football. So you couldn't afford to give two guys contracts to make them the highest paid players at two of the highest paid positions in the same offseason. You just can't do that. But A.J. Brown didn't get asked to get to be paid as one of the top paid receivers. He got paid very handsomely, four years, $100 million. So $25 million annually. Mm-hmm. So let's think about that. $5 million less per year. And he's four years younger. If I'm the Chiefs, that's a little bit more palatable than what Tyreek was asking for. Yeah. Youth and cheaper. So I think it does make sense now. If you would have told me that at the time, like if this would have been public when we knew that AJ Brown was getting dealt, if you would have told me that the Chiefs were interested, I would have said, this doesn't make much sense. But knowing what we know now, it does because think about like I don't I don't remember exactly how I felt about Orlando Brown Jr. last year, but after seeing him for two straight years, I'm not in the boat that wants to see him get a massive contract extension in Kansas City. I don't think you I don't think that you're gonna get the value of paying him twenty-five million dollars a year. I don't think you're ever gonna see him become a top three left tackle. But AJ Brown at age twenty-four. Had a damn good season in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. So looking back on it, hindsight's always twenty twenty. It does make sense. I think it's interesting though, Kayla, because what that tells us is that Brett Veach is not going to stop pursuing these elite receivers. Mm-hmm. And that was a question. I think that was a little bit of a question throughout this season when you saw the Chiefs humming along, number one offense, win the Super Bowl, MVP at quarterback. There's sort of this idea. Well, you don't need a re- you don't need a, a number one receiver to win a Super Bowl, and no, you don't. But that doesn't mean that they don't want one. It doesn't mean that Andy Reid doesn't want to have some nice shiny toys to play with. So it's it's kind of exciting to me, honestly, knowing that they didn't get the deal done, and who knows what they were willing to give up. I think uh, the Eagles give up a second round pick, multiple picks, but I think they gave up a second and like a fourth or something like that. It's exciting to know that moving forward, we should not just assume that the Chiefs are going to sit on their hands and refuse to pay receivers. They are still very much going to be in the market for any of these young, talented guys that might, you know, hit the trade market. Do you think
1: Travis Kelsey has a lot to do with the way that we go after receivers? What do you mean? It's like we don't need necessarily a Tyreek or an AJ Brown when we have Kelsey who also doubles essentially as a wide receiver for us
0: yes and no I think having Kelsey is always going to give you security that we're going to be okay you've still got this guy going across the middle as I mean Travis Kelsey is a top 10 player in the NFL in my opinion he's a top 10 player in the NFL so there is added security in just knowing that you have him but the, the the elephant in the room is that he's turning 34 this year. I think he's the toughest son of a bitch that there is in the NFL. <laughs> I really do. I don't think that uh, Travis Kelsey has some sort of magical powers that keep him from ever getting injured. I just think he is that tough. He plays through so many nicks and bruises. Eventually, though, father time always wins. There is no player ever that has just been able to avoid the injury bug and avoid uh, the wear and tear that comes with time. That doesn't mean he can't continue to play like an all-pro, but if you're, Veach, you have to think about that. You're right. You're at the very least, you're, you're thinking about it. You're saying, okay, like, how much does this guy really have in the tank? So I think it helps a little bit, but the other part of it is that he's still a tight end, even though he, he, he puts up number one receiver numbers. It's it's where you use him, right? You're using him in the middle of the field. You're using him on underneath routes, and I still think there's always going to be that desire with a quarterback who has the arm that Patrick Mahomes does. You still want guys who can do wide receiver things. Does that make any sense? Like yeah. You want guys who you can use on the outside. Right. You want guys who have your burner speed, who you can chuck the ball up forty yards downfield to. So there's still going to be that desire. And it's, it's, it's exciting to think about how the chiefs are going to continue to evolve this offense, because I do think year to year, the pieces are going to change. And with that, Andy Reed gets to go back to his laboratory, the mad scientist, you know, down there cooking up concoctions, trying to figure out how am I going to keep defenses guessing this year? And that's exciting to think about.
1: Agree. Can't wait to see what they have in store for us. Amen. We're going to move on to the next topic, but before we do, Nick, I have another person who you look like. Oh, no. I don't know if we've already touched on this one, and it's another JT. I binged full swing in like Mm -hmm. two days. I'm obsessed. Uh You could be Justin Thomas's brother. Do you get that?
0: Wait, Justin Thomas's brother? Yeah. Wait, so are you saying I look like Justin Thomas, or does Justin Thomas have a brother who I look like?
1: I don't know. No, you could be his brother. You look like him. I've you remind never, me of him. You've never I've gotten never, that.
0: I've never gotten that one. No, and I'm a big golf fan, and I've never, I've never been compared to Justin Thomas.
1: Oh, I totally see it.
0: You know, in in high school and junior high, it was uh, Foreman from that '70s show. I got that one a lot.
1: Mm. I mean, he doesn't have your facial hair, but if you shaved, I feel like you guys could yeah. pass as siblings.
0: Yeah. See, I've had the beard for a while now and I'm afraid to let it go, but if I ever do, I'll have to do a side-by-side.
1: Well, okay. So this all brings me to the next point. Netflix is just putting out bangers. Um, And the next one is going to feature our very own Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be featured in the upcoming Netflix series, Quarterback. They really spent a lot of time on the title. Um, It's (laughs) going to feature fellow quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota premiering summer 2023. Do you think they followed other quarterbacks and just went with the three most interesting, or were they just focused on these three all season? That's interesting because they all had interesting storylines.
0: It sounds like it's just those three. Um I, I because the 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 official press release said it was it will feature Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota along with Patrick Mahomes. But it makes sense because when this first when they first put out this press release, I saw a lot of people getting their jokes off online saying that, Oh, really? Uh, Patrick Mahomes and then Marcus Mariota? Like, why would you include him? But you just mentioned you watch Full Swing. And if anybody's watched uh, the drive, I think it's Drive to Succeed, the F1, uh, Formula drive 1. Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive.
1: I haven't finished that one. I need to get back on it.
0: The reason why you've had those shows and that why they've been so successful is because you get to know the people and the storylines of different players, of different skill levels, at different phases of their, their careers. I've binge watched full swing as well. You know what the best episode was? Joel Damon, the 70th ranked golfer in the world. He's my new favorite. You don't need to be good at the sport you play to be an interesting character. And that's kind of the point. This is not a show to showcase how good these guys are, what they do. It's a show to showcase the person underneath the helmet. All right, that's why that's why the Formula One stuff has been so successful. Formula One wasn't big in America. Mm-hmm. People started getting into it because they fell in love with the players, or they fell in love with the drivers that they got to know through this show. Yeah, so I'm actually really excited for this. I'm excited for it. Hopefully, these guys aren't super guarded, you know, That's what made these other shows so great. is like you really get to know these dudes in a, in a somewhat unfiltered way. And I wonder how much like guys like Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes are really going to reveal aside from what they normally give you public facing.
1: I can't wait for this. These Netflix documentaries. I almost even said something like, when are we going to get a football one? Because we just covered F1 and now we're doing golf and here we go. But yeah, um, I'm excited to get an inside look. I hope, I mean, it is being produced by NFL Films, Omaha Productions, and Pat's newly formed production company, 2PM. So the fact that they're all in on this, I think, is going to give us just insane access.
0: Did you even know that Patrick Mahomes had a production company? Because I'm going to be honest with you, I did not.
1: Well, it's new. I think he just started it for this, maybe. It, it's very new.
0: Teaming up with the Manning Brothers and NFL Films is not bad company. No. I'm, and excited. I'm sure it's
1: something they'll continue to do next season with three different quarterback. Like I hope this is a thing that we see more seasons of.
0: I'll be honest with you as my timer goes off, which means no, we made it. Sweet potatoes are ready. I will figure out, <laughs> I'll figure out any ways to consume Patrick Mahomes content. And there was probably a joke there for me to make about consuming these sweet potato fries, but I'm not going to make it. That's too on. low hanging fruit. Low hanging fruit, and I'm not going to go for it.
1: <laughs> okay, go get your sweet potato fries before they burn. He is Nick Schwer. I am Kayla Canaram. This is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to submit us those questions. Again, the email address is gamedaykc at gmail.com. We can't wait to talk to you all. And with that, we'll talk to you all next week.